0: Welcome back to episode 11 of Not So Famous, the variety show podcast that brings you laughs, love. And that feeling that spoilers for Game of Thrones and Avengers Endgame are right around the corner. And if you're busy or you take too much time, something will absolutely be ruined. And you will never be able to see them with that absolutely fresh and those naive eyes. And you pray to God that no one you really love dies for good. But okay, anyway... um, If you're new to the show, welcome. We're happy to have you. Before we get started, I just want to thank you all for making this show possible by lending your time and your ears and remind you that this show is for you. It's a long show, but it's not necessarily made to be listened to all at once, so jump around. You can listen to the segments you love, skip the ones you don't. I don't give a fuck. Do what you want. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our crisis of the week here on episode 11 of Not So Famous. Marcus... I really want to get into the fact that we need to... Okay, I'm not endorsing confrontation, but Mm. we need to stop sitting on our thoughts and our feelings and say what we need to say as Mm. people, okay? I'm not saying we should seek it out. um, But as a great hero once said, resentment is evil and I hate it. And if a little bit of confrontation will lead to an ultimate solution, I think it's worth it. So we need to just stop running away from... Uh, you know, these little minute, hey, mm-hmm. did you mean that? Because that really hurt my feelings, right? Stop running away from it. Stand, turn, and fight, mm-hmm. right? Just get into it. I know it's uncomfortable, yeah. but ultimately uncomfortability brings about change. And yeah. change is really healthy. Change is really yeah. good. We're humans. We thrive on mm-hmm. change, even if it feels weird at first. Right. So we need to be able to jump in and say, hey, this is really upsetting me. Let's get into it, you mm-hmm. know? Like, let's pick this apart. And so, yeah. if you don't understand something, I don't think it's wrong to look at someone and say, did you just tell me blah, 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 right? And then them go, oh my god, no, 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 right? right? Or say, yeah, I did, right? Do we have mm-hmm. a problem? And you get into it. Mm-hmm. So often I'm encountering these things where people just mm-hmm. say, they sit on it, right? Yeah. They sit on it and sit on it and sit on it. And then months later, right? Even weeks later, days later. Hey, the other day, right? Like, or they snap at me,
1: and I'm like, "Right, what? No, I <laughs> never say something like that, right? Like, why didn't right. you just tell me in the moment? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then, and, in, and in, you know, and clarify what your intention was behind it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I feel like, think that it's always going to lead to a fight. That's not necessarily true, right? Some sometimes it might, and 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 that's okay because you know what you at least keep yourself from having a much larger fight down the road. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I I mean, I, actually, I. it's funny that you should mention this. I literally just went on a date yesterday mm-hmm. um, as of this recording. And mm-hmm. she said something to me. And at first, I was kind of taken aback by it. I was like, oh, like, really? Don't come at me like that? But then I had to stop and think to myself, I'm like, mm, she's not actually coming at you any sort of way
2: mm-hmm. she
1: is expressing herself letting you know how she feels letting you know like hey I like you and I would like to talk more with you right is that a bad thing no self it's not a bad thing okay well then calm the fuck down and listen and listen listen to yeah. what this person is saying and and grow from it be like yeah. you know what yeah you're you're making a whole lot of sense I am gonna. I am gonna remedy that. I am going to take some steps to make sure that you also know that. Hey, I do like you as well, and I would like to continue this and see where it goes. See, yeah. and that sounds like the most healthy thing possible. I think that the, you know
0: those minor bits of, whoa, are mm. you serious? Can actually lead to great discussions, and I think that we have this misconception that every um, you know interaction with other people needs yeah. to be immediate understanding and that's not how life works and in mm. fact some of the best discussions I've ever had are you know someone saying something that I don't believe in or don't agree with right when I hear it I'm like right. whoa no I don't I do not know what you're saying and I don't get it and then I go I'm not convinced convince me right like make me believe what you're saying is right. correct that's where true human discourse can come about mm. and I think that we have gotten away from that and we've mm. just said oh you know, I need to correct myself. There, um, you know, that is just going to be a problem with us. We're never going to agree on that. Mm-hmm. And let's resign ourselves to just not talking about that topic or right. Like it happens in so many things. And yeah. what we need is just that little bit of extra uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, you know, feeling push through that yeah, and know that you're going to get to the light on the other end of the tunnel. So exactly, that's my crisis of the week. I'm, I hope the date went well after that. It sounds it did. like it very, very much it so did. Well, it was at the end of the date. Oh. Yes.
1: Okay. So I got a little hand slap at the end of the date. But it's okay. That's hey. Because I liked it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Woo.
0: Okay, for listeners, um, Marcus and I are actually in the same room together. Normally we record uh, separately. <laughs> me and Philly and him here in in Virginia and we are actually graced uh, mm-hmm. enough to be in the same room together. Oh so gosh. um I do have a glass of wine in hand. If you hear me sipping, that's what it is. Um I finished my glass of
1: wine, which is why I said that. Yeah, you fucking pounded it. Uh mildly BDSM joke on there.
0: <laughs> hey, it's okay if uh, if you need to, you can call me daddy. Um, <laughs>
1: I call all my boyfriend's daddy. (laughs) I call
0: all my boyfriend's daddy. Um, Okay, so let's get into it. Um, Thank you, listeners, for being so patient as life happens. And our second... Uh, I guess our first season, ten episodes, is done. We're on to season eleven. I love it. So thank you for sticking with us through this break.
1: And uh, season two, the, episode
0: eleven. Th- yeah. So this yes. is season two, episode eleven. Here we go. We'll get to we'll get to season eleven. We'll get to season eleven. Oh my god. <laughs> season eleven. I promise I'm not drunk. <laughs> okay. So what's the word? First of all, listeners, I know that you know that I know that Marcus knows that I know that you know. Oh. That Avengers Endgame has broken box office records, the culmination of over 22 movies, 11 years of cinema history, resulting in a movie that is 3 hours and 58 seconds. If you haven't seen it, do not worry, this episode will be spoiler free. We won't be discussing it quite yet, it hasn't even been a week yet, I know plenty of people have yet to see it. We will be doing a deep dive, mostly likely um, next episode, but I wanted to take this time to prep those that haven't seen it as best I could, um, and let you know that uh, Marcus will be recording, actually directly after this, a popcorn prattle, deep dive, you know, and uh, analysis of the movie so if you have seen it and you are eager to get your hands on other people talking about it you can do so at popcorn prattle will this be episode 98 no no
1: no this is no it's not 98 just yet um i believe it's 95 95 we're getting close to 100 though. 95 yeah. wow Um,
0: So you can check out out, uh, episode 95 of Popcorn Prattle if you need to uh, jump in. But if you haven't yet seen it, these are some movies that uh, Marcus and I recommend you brush up on Mm -hmm. before jumping into the endgame. They are Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron, Avengers Infinity War. Um, those are obviously, you know, this is Avengers 4. You need to watch the previous Avengers movies, Mm -hmm. um, at least to get the best experience to know what you're going into. Right. And then the solo films that I would recommend are Doctor Strange, um, Captain America Civil War, because although it's a Captain America movie, a lot happens that impacts the movie directly. Yeah. Um, Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp to understand, um, you know, the quantum realm. Yeah, and I would say Thor Ragnarok.
1: Marcus, do you? Is there anything else? I think to me, I think that is it. Um, I mean, if you want to, audience, if you want to watch basically any movie that includes an Infinity Stone, so I'm talking Guardians, right? Um, you know, I'm talking Second Thor, Second Thor. Um, I mean, you can watch those movies. I wouldn't necessarily say they're necessary, but as a fan of the movies, there's a lot of kind of like fan service moments. Oh, tons. And so if you see, when you see them, you're like, oh, really? I love that. It's <sighs> delightful.
0: Tons of things. If you know where certain, oh, excuse me, items are, mm-hmm. um, and you see those characters bring them up and say, hey, I still have this, you know, I'm I'm bringing it up now, or I'm giving it to you, or whatever that happens. Mm-hmm. That's those are really great moments that are impacted directly. Of course, you know these are the movies that we feel you will benefit the most from, yeah. and that you will notice the biggest Easter eggs um, or remember, you know, specific plot points, things like that. Um, that being said, watch all of them if you can. Yeah. This movie is incredible. I cry five times.
1: Mark, are you say? Oh, it was about five, yeah, it
0: was about five. I times. think five. Yeah.
1: And they were the same, and they were were borderline same moments too. Borderline.
0: It starts off right away. It's at a 10 and it only turns up from there. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. If you need to go to the bathroom, I'll also say this. Go. It's uh, the best place to go to the bathroom. About 45 minutes to an hour in. Um, Several characters are going to be gathered at a table for a meal. Um, Specifically, it's the first time that you see the Hulk. Mm-hmm. run really quickly you will miss a cute moment but nothing significant to yeah. the plot happens yeah. i actually you know testimonial i ran to the bathroom at this point um oh my god i went to the bathroom so many times i went to the bathroom <laughs> before the movie started yeah. like before any previews yeah then i went i dave had already seen it hey okay. dave um david hey s- dave hey dave <laughs> <laughs> hello hello <laughs> David already seen it, and the, I looked at him and said, is this the last preview or the second to last? He said, it's the second to last. I So I waited until the last preview, mm-hmm. ran, went to the bathroom then. Then I ran at this point. After this point, I'm going to say pee into a cup. Yeah. Uh, you cannot leave during the last hour of the movie. Mm-hmm. You can't. Um, as soon as they i will say as soon as they embark on their mission yes you cannot go to the bathroom mm-hmm. or you will miss key points there's no downtime there is no downtime no. the other thing i will recommend there is an app that recently um, oh, somebody yeah. told me about it's called go pee yeah Um, you can pay, first two movies are free, so if you're a casual person, you can go on this app and just get this movie free. It will actually tell you the best times to go to the bathroom, and it, uh, gives you a synopsis, Mm -hmm. a spoiler-full synopsis of what exactly is happening. Um, my mom used it Mm -hmm. when we went to see Infinity War. She came back, and the thing that she was reading was happening on the screen, so it is very accurate. Um... Definitely go see it. Yeah. Um, just for numbers' sake, the box office I checked today has soared to 1.5 billion dollars. It's projected to hit 2 billion um, by the end of this weekend. So you know, right one weekend happened. Yeah. It's gonna uh, supposedly. Um, people that are being conserva- conservative are saying 2 billion. Mm. People that are being you know really liberal are saying 2.5. That it's gonna grab another billion. Um, this was the biggest Tuesday, actually, yesterday and the day before were the biggest Monday and Tuesday of people going to the movies, um, in history. So if it follows on this trend.
1: I think it'll easily surpass two and even maybe hit 2.5. Well, you got to think too, the people that haven't seen it yet, they're going to go this weekend and the people who have seen it might have work. So they're going to go again this weekend to go see it. I would also recommend you've got to see this movie. I've been telling all my students, watch this on the biggest screen possible. I know it's I know it costs more to do IMAX or like the extreme, you know, screens or whatever. That last scene, yeah, is so worth it to see it like on the big screen because I sat there and I was like I can't even imagine watching this on a smaller screen. And I, my mom said the same thing, so you came and told her that, and she was
0: like, I bought everybody, she texted the group and was like, I bought everybody IMAX tickets, Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, cool, and it honestly, it was incredible, go see it, um, if you can't afford the extra few bucks, just go see the movie, yeah, um, it's so exciting! It actually just passed into the top ten of highest-grossing movies of all time. It needs to pass two point seven two billion to take the number one spot and surpass Avatar from two thousand nine. I think it absolutely will. Um, it's, I would say, it's my number one Marvel movie. Yeah, it lives up to the hype. It really does. Go see this movie. I can't can't mm. stress that enough. Yeah. Um, so exciting. Just was such a good movie. It was Gosh. so fulfilling. Um, yes. Just really brought me great closure. Like I said, cried so many times. It was just, mm-hmm. uh, honestly, those were really earned tears. I don't really cry at movies, but mm-hmm. just started at a 10. Yeah. Really, really awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Go support it. Make it the number one movie on the yeah. planet. Why not? I feel
1: like even if you're not a big Marvel fan... If you if you are are just even a casual watcher, yeah, you'll enjoy it. And I and I like that. I I will say this, and this is not a spoiler of anything. I feel like this makes it even more ambiguous for people. I like that they did not follow the comic book. There was there was like nods to it, yeah. But I like that they're like this is this is the MCU. This is yeah. not you're not watching the comic book. A retelling of the comic book. Right. You it know? is not a comic book to screen. It's mm. comic book ad-
0: adaptation. Yeah. Um, great nods. Great you know, yeah. arc for everybody. Everybody gets their moment. Everybody mm. gets their spotlight. Um, go check it out. Yeah. yeah. Great movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Mortal Kombat 11 hit Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, Switch on April 23rd last week to wonderful critical and fan reception. Yeah. I got it myself on the Switch. Um, it is exceptional. I'm not really a big fighting video game person. Not either. Yeah, I just feel like it gets really technical sometimes. Um, yeah, and that turns me off because the number one reason I play a video game is to be told a story. Right, right. So I really like wandering around. And mm-hmm. actually, the biggest thing that I've been into recently is I um, there was a sale on the Nintendo uh, you know eShop recently, okay. and they yeah. did Skyrim. Oh, Like, remastered with all of the DLC for 30 bucks. Oh. And I was like, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So I went and got it, and I've just been playing it, and dude, getting that on the go, it's (laughs) fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, Plug it in, play it on my TV, you know, Crystal watches me, it's awesome, she plays, she tells me what to do, it's great. Um, That's always the best. It is. (laughs) It's so fun. Um... You know, you gotta include the people that wanna be told the story that Ooh. just maybe can't, like, don't have the, the fingers for it, the right. thumbs for it. Like, I don't wanna play it, I, but I wanna tell you what to do, though. Right, and I, yeah. I totally release into that. I'm like, tell yeah. me what quest to go on to. Yeah. Um, but, you know, getting into Mortal Kombat 11, I felt like they really did a good job of making it, um, like, steered towards the beginner. Mm-hmm. I've played Mortal oh. Kombat games. I played Injustice, right? I loved those superhero Kombat, fighting yeah. games. They actually made it very much like Injustice 2. Oh. If you liked the gear system okay. and all of that. They really geared it towards that, so you can pick a base character that's like a Mortal Kombat, right? Like pick Scorpion, mm-hmm. um, who's like a standard character, and then he has his base gear, and you can actually modify like the appearance oh. of those things. You can,
2: yeah,
0: uh, not only play tutorials and things like that, but also just practice in the mm-hmm. whole arena. Yeah. You can connect to the internet and do practice fights with other people. Oh. Um, there's a really ambitious story. That even though I've only, I think, played 8, 9, 10, and now 11, Mm -hmm. I still, like, am picking up tons of things, enjoying it Mm. immensely. They have new um, towers, which are, like, those arcade modes, and the traditional ones. Okay. Um, Just tons of great stuff. Tons of great content. It's a really good, fun game. I would definitely recommend it. it. Um, Have you been House Kingdom Hearts? I don't... I know you could... Probably talk for hours about it, but...
1: So, actually, I took a break. I've been taking a break from Kingdom Hearts, which is sad because I was like, ah, oh, I, should, I should be playing Kingdom Hearts this weekend. Um, I've actually been playing uh, WWE 2K19. Okay. Because um, I took it off the list, but I'll I just mention it briefly. I went to WrestleMania. Yay! WrestleMania 35, I think this one is, up in New York City. It was a lot of fun. Um, but it made me realize, like, man, they don't always know what they're doing on the show. And I do. So I made my, I expanded my little, I restarted my whole little universe and, um, went on Reddit, got some, uh, uh, spreadsheets to be like, like, Oh, I'm going to do this with my universe. And I'm going to do that. And it's going to be so good. And Vince McMahon's probably going to, Hack my account and steal all my ideas. Sure, but, sure. But it's okay. It's all right because that means it's going to be a better product for everybody else. <laughs> but yeah, I've been in uh, I've been in the wrestling world for the past couple of weeks. But I um, I fully intend on getting back into Birth by Sleep because um, it's I mean it's still I walked I actually you know what happened I walked away from it because and I do this with every single game. It's so good, I don't want it to end. Uh-huh. So you start
0: delaying it. Yeah. I did the same thing. I have to be really quite honest. I did the same thing with Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes! Um, Which I haven't beaten, by the me way. Me neither! I haven't, I'm like, I don't want it to end! Me neither! <laughs> I got all the way back, and spoilers for Red Dead Redemption, I'm just going to go out with it, because it's been out for literally months. Right. So you go to the island, right, and then you come back, and he gets diagnosed with Oh,
1: oh, I'm not there yet. Oh
0: my god. Oh, but I already know. It.
1: I I know that he, yeah, he's okay. on the TV, yeah. So
0: he, <laughs> he gets tuberculosis, right? So I got to there and, like, the diagnosis and I just, like, put down the controller. I was like, I can't beat it. I just, like, there's something emotionally I'm not ready for yet. And then I went back into the world and, like, did literally every side quest, like, Every side
1: quest, Marcus. Even the legendary animals. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you're, did, like, you're in the woods, just like, where's that bear? Did <laughs> all
0: of it, right? Like, completed every. I have no yeah. markers anymore, except for the main quest. <laughs> um, And I think it's maybe the second to last or the last one, and I yeah. just don't have the heart to do it. Mm. And it's um, an epilogue, too. It barely. is. Yeah. It is. So, I totally get that. Man. But that's okay. That's, I mean, that's a good thing. That means you care so much about yeah. it, you don't want it to end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: I mean, yeah. Also, I mean, I'll hold you accountable. You'll have to finish it at some point. I mean, I gotta play Kingdom Hearts 3. Right. But then I told somebody, I was like, look, what I'm, all I'm doing is just letting Kingdom Hearts 3 go down in price mm-hmm. until it's like five bucks at GameStop, and I'm just gonna <laughs> roll in there and be like, Kingdom Hearts 3, please. And they're going to go. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> you made a good deal. <laughs> Seriously. Because that's
0: what they do. Uh, the apocalypse will happen, and Marcus will raid a GameStop to get a physical copy. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh. Game of Thrones has begun its final season, and this past Sunday was apparently a big battle. Everybody's talking about it. I don't know. I don't watch Game of Thrones. I watched like four or five seasons, and I actually will talk about this later on our interview, but somebody ruined it for me. I saw like a season later than I was, like a really big climactic point, and I just said, damn it, it's not worth it. Right. Um, I know I need to get back into it, obviously, but... I just haven't yet, Marcus. Do you want to take the reins on on Game of Thrones? I don't know if I, I
1: don't watch it. But oh, yeah. I thought you watched it for some reason. I don't watch it at all because I read the books, mm. and I and I purposely don't watch it because George R. Martin needs to get off his butt and he needs to finish the damn books. It's been over five years. It's I, actually been, yeah, it's
0: been almost ten years. I know I just did the Earhorns, but again, bah, 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 uh, George R. 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 Martin, you've got your number one lover-hater over
1: here. So I mean, famous, Marcus Alley. I love his books. Don't get me wrong, I love the books. And I'm sure the TV show is amazing, because mm-hmm. the books are amazing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you're also shortchanging your hardcore TV show audience because you haven't finished the storyline with some of these characters who people think are dead and aren't dead in the book. Uh-huh. And you are not um, you're not you can't introduce them because you're basically basically what what the audience is getting and how you heard it here on not so famous you are basically getting like the main game. Yeah. I'm getting the main game and the DLC. Right. Okay. okay. Like oh no rather I'm playing the DLC. Everyone else is just watching the main game. But if we put them together, we get a whole game. Mm. So EA, stop with the microtransactions <laughs> and just give us the full game. Okay, but this may, reminds me of,
0: um, like, my favorite book in the on the planet series is um, The Name of the Wind. So it's the Kingkiller Chronicles. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Name of the Wind, and then the second one is The Wise Man's Fear. uh uh-huh. um, The first one was published in 2007, the second one was published in 2011, and Mm. he has yet to publish the third. Marcus, it's been
1: eight years. Uh, um, Although, you know, as I'm saying this, because you just, you saying that just kind of triggered this memory in my mind, so I've literally been working on the sequel to my play for mm, going on almost, I think, six years now. So... I don't really have room to talk, but I also don't have a New York Times bestseller. So, yeah, and he fuck, he just uh, <laughs> for the folks at home, Marcus just um,
0: references dick. <laughs> he just uh, said, uh, "Suck it." Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I don't have a New York Times bestseller. I don't have two. And for Patrick Rothfuss' sake, like he still writes comics all the time. Which I know means he's busy. But like, damn, bruh. Fucking give me my book. He's That's told the press a million times. Like, it's already written. I just need to like revise and draft it. And like make sure the book. And I'm like, motherfucker. Like, like, bitch, I'll revise it. Like, yeah, I'm saying like, <laughs> god damn, bruh. Like, just like send that shit to your editor a couple of times. Like, answer that email, bruh. <laughs>
2: what um, are you doing?
0: <laughs> so, totally get that. Yeah. Um... I don't know. Game of Thrones seems cool. Apparently, a big
1: battle. Yeah, cool. I saw the spoilers. Yeah, same. It's and and as a book reader, I was like, yeah, I would. That's how exactly how I would envision it happening. Right. You know,
0: which is cool.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm. I've listeners. I've gone to
0: full on snacking. So he has. (laughs) um, (laughs) Forgive me. He's got the munchies. Um. Okay, the Tony Award nominees were announced yesterday, Ooh, with mm-hmm. Hades Town leading the pack. 14 nominations, including Best New Musical. The awards will be held on June 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and James Corden will be the Ooh. host for this year. Um, it's looking good. I've heard a ton of great things about Hadestown. Have you?
1: I almost saw it when I was in New York, um, but circumstances arose, and I met... This man named The Velveteen Dream. Okay. Who is one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, I've got no regrets. And he took you on a date? He... Just to clarify, you guys fucked that night? Actually, me and Miss Mia Yim, who I did not realize was my future wife. Yes, because I we took a picture. We talked. There was a table in front of us. I had a little popcorn. That's oh. pretty much a date. Mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. like, we're pretty much engaged, Yeah, you know, so, okay. yeah, I mean, Velveteen was a little, he was a little jealous, it's okay. okay, but he was a little mad at me, too, we started chanting his name, there was a lot of, look, but Hadestown, okay, right, 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 right. <laughs> but, but Hadestown, but you almost
0: saw Hadestown,
1: I almost did, and I apologize, Lindley, I'm so sorry that we did not go see Hades Hadestown, she ended up actually going to go see it.
0: Uh, no. She's
1: she's actually seen it since like when it was like um like bef- not pre- not previews but when it's still getting workshopped um she saw it and Whoa, that cool. is all she would ever talk about was Hades Town and when as soon as it got on Broadway she's like it's going to it's going to sweep well the Tonys
0: I I just think first of all you know I'm a sucker for mythology but mm-hmm. I, I mean it's the is it, it it's the story is retelling of um. Is it like Eurydice?
1: Like let me see. I don't know if it's Eurydice. It might. It might be. I could be wrong. I, I didn't think Town it was Eurydice. Live fact check here. <laughs> Ed,
0: not so famous. Um, ba, ba, ba. We need someone on the
1: show who doesn't want to talk that can do this for us.
0: I really okay. So shout out to again. We did this last episode, but also armchair expert because they have a segment at the end where they fact check it, mm-hmm. right? Oh. And they have Monica. Um, like go through and while she's editing, basically like pull out the like things that they said, like oh one in ten people, you know, I heard somewhere do this or whatever. Yeah, all those things. She like finds the study. Oh, uh, okay. Um, okay. I found it. Hades Town, a folk and blues inflected musical reimagining the myth of Orpheus and Eurydice, Uh-oh, led the Tony is. nominations on Tuesday. Nods in fourteen categories. Um, yeah, Front Runner in the Hotly Contested and Financially Significant, because people will go see it. Race for the season's best new musical. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Called it, nailed it. Yeah. How dare you doubt me? I'm sorry. You're ready to say it is never again. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Um. Yeah, no, I heard it was great. I mm. love myth, and I love where myth and reality meet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And honestly, I just feel like Game of Thrones this ties back into. Yeah. I feel like for so long people made fun of me and like called me a loser mm. and like a geek for loving like superheroes and like Lord of the Rings yeah. and lots of, you know, mythical and epic things. And now the MCU, here we are, and fucking Game of Thrones is on everybody's lips and Hades Town is winning the Right, you know, uh, is like pulling
1: through on the uh, uh, on the Tonys. So what the fuck? Like, I I actually it's it's so it's so funny that you mentioned this because I was I just had a um, kind of like a brief rehearsal uh-huh. with um, the producer of this new audio drama that I'm on. Okay, and he his job is he's like a professional dungeon master. Like wow, he, he gets hired. Then and I was like. So explain this to me. I'm like, so you basically get hired to make these tabletop games and peop- you just you just lead people through your world? He's like, yeah, pretty much. He's like, and I just give them a quote and they pay me. And we were sitting there and we were talking about, you know, we were talking about um, Critical Role. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned to you earlier about uh, the wrestler with, the, you know, his Dungeons & Dragons slash his Let's Play YouTube um, and he and I were talking, and I said, it's so funny that nerd culture is so mainstream now.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: so, it's cool, it's trendy. I mean, like, I had a full-blown conversation with my students today about Endgame. And they were, like, thrilled. Right. That, like, like oh, my God, here's this adult who, who gets it. Like, he understands. And it's like, bruh, like... This is my life. Yeah. Okay, like this isn't this isn't like I'm not a bandwagon person. Like this like you know, you turn around like there's literally like a huge Batman shrine. Right. <laughs> Same <laughs> at my house, you know. You mean? But
0: uh, I'm not as concerned as like those people that have been there from the beginning and like what makes you a fan? Yeah. I'm delighted that everybody's a fan now and that it is mainstream. I don't care if you are just seeing the first Iron Man movie or mm-hmm. if you're like, oh my god, no, can you give me a book recommendation on something? I'm delighted. Yeah. Thrilled. I'm just upset that hmm. I guess it, it didn't hit earlier yeah. or that people specifically discredited or renounced that culture for so long. I think we turn our backs on things that people really feel a passion for, specifically because they have that passion sometimes. We're like, you shouldn't. Like, Mm -hmm. let's knock you down a peg. Don't enjoy that because I don't enjoy it, right? Um, And that's not fair. And so I'm just glad that it's finally coming about and that Mm -hmm. people are getting... But I'm also kind of like, man, why did I have to suffer through those years of people making fun of me?
1: Well, you know, and I said the exact same thing to my mom, because if, um, because last year, uh, I went to Blurcon. Right, right, right. in D.C. Right. And I told my mom, I was like, when I walked in, like, I almost like, I almost started to cry a little bit. Mm
2: -hmm. Just
1: because I sat there and I was like, this is, there's a whole bunch of kids, or not even kids, but like adults, right? Yeah. Who look like me. Who are into the exact same thing as me, if not more so? Like, I mean, I wasn't into right. tabletop games, then, right? Right, right, right. And there's like a whole room of like kids, like of people, like playing Dungeons and Dragons, and I was like, okay, that's a little, that's a little much, but it was, but it was cool to me to look around and be like, you know, like here's like a group of wrestling fans, like right. here's a group of, of fans who who like. Superheroes other than just Black Panther or Luke Cage. You're like, no, I like everybody. Like, I love Green Arrow. Right. You know, all these different people. And it, and I I told my mom, I said, I wish that there was something like Blurred Con when I was in high school to just tell me, like, hey, it's okay to be different. Like, your interests are not like white people things. You know what I mean? It's not just. It's not just for white kids. It's just, it's for everybody. If you are into it, like, if you like Gundam Wing, fuck it. Go watch Gundam Wing and, like, nerd out about it with somebody. Right. You don't have to, like, fall into this trap of, like, oh, well, I'm black, so I guess I can't, you know, I can't watch The Big O. Right. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Uh, Why not? And uh, I appreciate
0: you bringing up, you know, that, like, diverse angle because Mm. it's something I, I... Like, I never thought about that compounded, Mm -hmm. like, complexity of that issue. Yeah. And it really is. You know, we take it out on, like, you know, geeks and nerds, like, you know, tenfold. And then on, you know, the black people that enjoy Mm -hmm. those things, 12-fold and 15-fold. Well, it's, you know, Um,
1: and I had to explain, I actually had to explain to your mom. I was like, because she, because she was like, wait, what? I said, yeah, like, you literally get ostracized within the black community. And it's like, oh, well, you're, you want to act white. Right. So, like, how is me liking this? Me acting white? Like I just, I just want to be myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't. You know, I'm. I, I don't renounce my blackness. You know, like if I get like, look, I'm gonna get stopped in the streets just as quickly as you are, like there's no amount of anime and, and proper speech that's going to keep me. <laughs> if a policeman brings you over, you're not gonna be like No, sir, I love Gundam. You're <laughs> just gonna be like,
2: okay, boy, well I'll let you have a little warning time. You keep watching
1: that uh one piece, okay? <laughs> nah, it's 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 cra- it's crazy, but you know what? It's at the end of the day, I'm just so grateful that finally, that there's not a new generation of kids that have to go through that. Yeah. That it's That it's, it's, like I said, it is so okay for, and again, not, you know, you know and it's not, like, forever, I'm talking about everybody. It's okay to be a nerd and like those things. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not, like, this trend of people thinking it's cool continues. Like, it's always gonna be cool. Well, as long as you love it, Yeah. It's always going to be cool. And I think that at the heart of it,
0: right, we've always had heroes. Mm -hmm. We've always had um, journeys. Mm -hmm. People have always gone on adventures. Even dating back, you know, like thousands of years, if not hundreds of thousands of years, to the very beginnings of our civilization, we have looked at... The people that stand out and mm-hmm. pull through, and you know, are, are what we consider peak capacity, both emotionally, intellectually, um, and and physically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to where they can be, you know, shining beacons of not only examples to us and future generations, but beacons of hope, beacons of I can do better right i can be better if they can do it i can do it um and so often i think that we dismiss it because oh well that's just like a guy in tights and like why would you go see that that's not real right i actually don't need it to be real and the less real it is the more somehow human it is yeah um i've always thought of this but right like why do people look up to um, religious figures even. Mm. Christ, right? Like someone that came down that was imbued with the powers mm. of you know, our Lord, essentially, or right. like even, you know, as limited as like his omniscience, right? Like he, right. he knew what was going to happen. Mm. Um, he had the ability to perform miracles. Right. Um to rise from the dead, exactly. right? Yeah, we yeah idolize Mm -hmm. him and we we so desire to understand him and his example yeah why can't it be the same and i know that this is going to sound silly but why can't it be the same with seeing someone rise above what they should be or what they are to be what they could be Mm -hmm. right like to see someone put their mind to to the pedal and really see the results of that
1: yeah
0: um is really inspiring. Yeah. You yeah. know? And I, I just want more of that. And that's what attracts me about those things. To yeah. see normal people. That's why my favorite heroes are, like, Batman or Iron Man. People that specifically
1: have nothing but their humanity mm-hmm. and their determination. And they very much, I mean, you were mentioning two people that very much have their own particular set of flaws. Yeah. Which makes, to me, that's why I've never liked Superman. I'm like, Superman just, he just seems so perfect, and it's like, and yeah, there, there's there been story arcs where he has struggled. Right. Um, and I think Zack Snyder tried to, you know, say what you will, I think he did try to show that, that yeah. this is a flawed individual. Yeah. Um, But I feel like, at the end of the day, when I see Batman go, like, in this, his latest story arc, you know, he's like he's dealing with depression, yeah. you know, and he has, there's like this whole panel of him. There's a couple of pages of him just talking to Catwoman and she's like, you know, I'm a dream, right? And he's like, yeah, but she's like, you know that the only reason you're, you know, I'm here is because you can't deal with the fact that you won't ask me the one question that you've been dying to know. And he's like, yeah, he's like, please don't. She's like, ask me why I left. Asked me why I didn't want to get married to I you. I know. I'm giving you reports right now. And he just... He... Like, this big, strong... I mean, he's a fucking ninja who takes on gods. Yeah. And he is crying because his heart is so hurt because he's like, I don't want to know the answer of, of that. Because what if it's me? What if it right. was... What if I'm the reason why you left?
0: And there's emotional understanding mm-hmm. and... um complexity that we can discover through people that aren't ourselves that's the entire basis of our culture is hearing a story that's why you read books yeah so that we you know can (laughs) learn from it and grow so um i i mean that was a bit i'll put down the the, i'll get off my pedestal uh, (laughs) that's not even on the list (laughs) no um but to come back really to you know, Town becoming yeah. such a big success. I think we need to understand where that comes out of. Yeah. And be more open-minded and excited yeah. to hear, you know, older things revisited. And see heroes of old brought back. Mm. And I think there's a lot that we can learn in revisiting myth. Yeah. And so I'm excited to see, you know, where this goes.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Um, moving on, right yes. along, into where I can feel safe moment in the safe space. Um I want to talk about the I mean the big thing on the docket is that today um you know uh Attorney General William P Barr is uh you know basically reporting to um a committee on um the implications of um what he released of Robert Mueller iii's report on the Russia investigation. So as you may know, um, you know Robert Mueller basically gave his report to Congress and uh, they were essentially um, you know they had to decide whether or not to release it to the public. Um, so that was uh, released in a redacted form and then it was summarized by the Attorney General. Now the special counsel, uh, Robert S. Mueller, the third, pushed twice for the Attorney General to release more of his team's investigative findings in late March, citing that there was this gap between uh, Mr. Barr's uh, interpretation of them and their full report. Um, This letter actually was written um, by Mr. Mueller. um, It was released uh, on Wednesday, so today, at the time of this recording. Um, By the way, this is taken and compiled from CNN, uh, The New York Times, and uh, MSNBC. Uh, Mr. Mueller and his investigators also pressed the Justice Department to include summaries of their work in the hours before Mr. Barr released the actual letter of his own, like this summary. Um, And Mr. Barr's letter allowed Mr. Trump to essentially wrongly claim, I guess I should say President Trump, wrongly claim that he had been vindicated in the Russia investigation. So I don't know about you, Marcus, but basically like that day I remember... Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, well, nothing came of the investigation. Right. I remember that being on tons of news, news sources, liberal yeah. and democratic. So yeah. it, it seems that there's a lot behind this report and mm-hmm. this investigation that it kind of reminds me, quick die drive for those Marvel fans in Iron Man 2, mm-hmm. when he has to report before the, the senators right? and they are talking to him and they're like, it's an iron, the Iron Man weapon, right? Like, let's talk about that. And then they ask Rhodey to come out and read from his 400-page report on Mm -hmm. Iron Man. And they just have him read the sentence that's basically like, Iron Man is a threat to our nation's security if he's unchecked. Um, That's seemingly what I'm getting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the Attorney General basically released this summary that helps Trump's agenda Mm -hmm. in that he is totally vindicated and blah, blah, blah. Um, Mr. Mueller actually, you know, he wrote this letter and it revealed in deep concern about how the initial release, um, was handled, um, of his findings. Um, Mr. Mueller said it created, quote, unquote, public confusion about critical aspects of the results of our investigation. This threatens to undermine a central purpose for which the department appointed the special counsel, to assure full public confidence in the outcome of these investigations. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, the letter, the existence of which um, the New York Times and the Washington Post revealed late on Tuesday is the first public evidence of widespread concern among uh, Mr. Mueller and his team that the attorney general distorted their findings in their initial presentation of them. Um, It was a 448 page report to the Justice Department. Um, And it presented the conclusions of his office's 22-month-long investigation, two months shy of two years. Um, So, obviously, there is a lot of context that was left out because the Attorney General printed a report that was four pages long. It was a summary. Four pages. That's about 112 (laughs) pages. That's actually exactly 112 pages a page so
1: that's crazy
0: yeah we're we're just seeing i i i it's crazy because i'm i'm I know that we need a summary, mm-hmm. but we need one that puts it in full context, right. and if the summary is fifty pages long, then that's what the summary is, right you can only condense something so much mm-hmm. um and yeah, I mean um. Basically, uh, Mr. Barr, the the Attorney General, is kind of giving some leeway to the President, saying, um, like... Basically, he gave a, a news conference during which he said that some of Mr. Trump's behavior when put in context, quote unquote, was understandable. He's saying that some of the things that are, like the flaws that are pointed out maybe
1: in the investigation are the things that he's guilty of. Is he including when he said, oh my God, this is the end of my presidency. Oh my God, yeah. I'm fucked. Yeah. That's understandable. Right. Oh, okay. Just checking. Um <laughs> He's saying
0: that all of these things are understandable, Come right? On, and He's man. kind of minimizing some of these very, very serious allegations. Um, and he has been using keywords that make people more and more, even um, Mueller himself. And um, I actually, I didn't have time to research this, so mm-hmm. it's not included, but James Comey just wrote a New York Times opinion piece oh. about how the, he thinks this was possible. Um, James Comey was the FBI director before Trump fired him, for right. those folks who uh, are wondering. Um, but basically says, like, uh, this man is being brainwashed slowly but surely. And anyone that comes into contact with President Trump is, you know, kind of convinced of his prowess in, you know, the political arena. And is just kind of falls into this... Uh, habit of defending him and Mr. Barr is using these things. He's calling, um, you know, this, uh, investigation started calling it recently a witch hunt, which Trump has used plenty of times. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And, uh, basically, uh, Mr. Mueller's office actually asked March 25th. So it was a day after the summary had been released. Um, Clearing the president, but declined to release the actual special counsel's findings. like they didn't do that at the same time. Mm-hmm. If you recall the um, Congress had to vote. the Attorney General made That's Congress right. vote on whether they or not they were going to release the public mm-hmm. findings and how much of they, uh, they were going to release. Mr. Mueller wanted all of it to be released. He said, um, the summary letter the department sent to Congress and released to the public late in the afternoon of March 24th did not fully capture the context, nature, or substance of this office's work and conclusions. Uh, release at this time would alleviate, he's saying, um, if we released the full thing or as much as possible. Um, release at this time would alleviate all misunderstandings that have arisen and would answer congressional and public questions about the nature and outcome of our investigation. Um, and so far, uh, the attorney general has declined. He's currently in hearings. He's been in hearings all day with the congressional committee mm-hmm. to figure this out. So eager to see what happens there, but wanted to jump into
1: that. Um, Marcus, do you have any thoughts there? I mean, this is just same old, same old with him. You know, this is, this is constant. Okay, so what we got from the summary, what I, what I found interesting was that, yeah, Um, Trump's own people know that he um, doesn't know what he's doing. right? And that the only reason the only reason he cannot be impeached is because they didn't actually carry out a lot of those things. Here's the thing that me as an American citizen, here's the thing that I find concerning. Yeah. Is that uh, so he was willing to do illegal things. He was willing to do it. Right. He just didn't act on it. And I mean you can you can go back and forth about it or whatever, but here's the thing. This is um, this is the president of the United States. Yeah. Okay? He should be held to a higher standard. Don't bring up Hillary, don't bring the highest
0: standard. Yes.
1: Don't bring up all don't bring up always be like don't bring up like someone who was like, Well, Marcus, what if a student did something like that's a student. That's a child. Yeah. This is the President of the United States of America. yeah, okay If we can call if we can uh, comment and go on uh, uh, Twitter and say all these things about President Obama, right, then you should be you should be doing the exact same thing with President Trump if that if 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 that is the gold standard, Then and you're not and and you're you know it had nothing to do with the color of Obama's skin. Then I suggest that you hold Trump to the exact same standard. If that's the case, because let me tell you something, anybody, every anybody and everybody, say something about Obama if he did something like this. But I'm all I'm saying is like, okay, I won't say anything about that. But you do the same thing with Trump. Yeah. Because this man. Very clearly, very clearly, is willing to break the law, and you are going to say nothing. Nothing, yeah. I just think again, it
0: it gets down to the fact that other people have been, you know, convicted for less. Thank you. Like just, just for for so much less. Hell, his own people. People have resigned for less
1: mm-hmm. for being
0: implicated in less. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I, I just think there's a lot of different layers to it. And yeah, I I don't care who it is. If there's a standard, it needs to be. It, it context cannot bring me more understanding of why he was willing to break the law. Yeah. I can feel empathy for him. I can feel sympathy for him. I can feel pity. Right. That doesn't mean he should be the fucking president. There you go. Um, That's what I gotta say. <laughs> uh, yeah. Suck my dick. <laughs> um, Alright. And finally, I want to wrap up with Uh, you know, get out of that little safe space that we, we have. That was so nice, Marcus. Um, Uh, folks at home, Marcus actually cuddled me the whole time. I did. Um. We spooned that entire segment. Yeah, he just held me, really. It was really comforting. Um. It's a very weird show. Yeah. I, I, I really liked, um, he was whispering in my ear the whole time. Anyway, um. Music Mavericks So Music Mavericks Formerly known
1: as Kanye's, Kanye's Corner Because I love alliteration <laughs> Damn
0: Um Marcus I haven't been listening to music I've just been listening to podcasts mm. I listen to Armchair Expert Like mm-hmm. a Motherfucker I listen to uh, Inside of You With Michael Rosenbaum mm-hmm. I listen to uh, I've been listening to Harry Potter and the Sacred Text Oh, It's been very fun Um I've been listening to a bunch of different things. No Proscenium, you know, um, which is like a theater podcast. I just listen to so much; it's really it just spices up my commute. Um, but I know you're a music man. I am. You're the music man. I. They wrote a musical about you. Did they? Yeah. Ugh. I think it's called The Music Man with Marcus Ali. I hope I get royalties from it. Oh my god! Yeah. Some big people too. owe
1: me royalties, like Kevin Feige. You're right. Because uh, Cause you called. Thank you. Thank you. you called. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, brief spoilers, if you listened to our previous episode, a lot of us called a lot of stuff, but Marcus fucking, like, nailed it and hung something off of it, and they took a picture and used it. They were like, oh, that's good. They were like, we heard Not So Famous, and damn, we're actually
1: entering reshoots right now.
0: Disney listens to
1: uh, Not So Famous confirmed. Confirmed.
0: Confirmed. 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 Uh... Music
1: Mavericks. What have you been listening to? So, uh, I know you're going to talk about New Year's Day. (laughs) Oh, man. So, New Year's Day, first off, I mean, I'm almost certain when we do our end of the year thing, we look at our Spotify, I'm pretty sure New Year's Day is going to be right up at the top. It's probably the number one thing I'm listening to now. You talk about them all the time. That's because they're so good, man. They are so good. Yeah. Um... They've got a new album out. It's called Unbreakable. I actually played it for my tech students. We were dismantling the set. And every last one of them asked me, they're like, who is this? Who? And I'm downloading their album right now. Wow. Yeah. Like, this album, this past album is very good. It is, I would argue, I would say this is their best one. Okay. Because I've listened to, I keep listening to most of their songs on repeat. Um. But I, but I would say that this is definitely their best one. Um, Ash, her voice, has, as I think this is the strongest her voice has ever been. Um, it has a very early, like late 90s, early 2000s feel to it. Um, that just, that just, it speaks to me. You know? Like, I love it. I love that sound. Because I, whenever I listen to it, whenever I hear whenever I listen to that sound, like if I'm listening to Linkin Park... I just think about, you know, a nice, warm day like today, yeah. being in my mom's hoopty, not being able to roll down the windows, but, like, blaring this rock music and just being like, yes! Uh-huh. Like, just keep it going. So, it is, um... Oh, I put on there. I said spectacular. It's absolutely spectacular. Uh. Um, then, I've, Because uh, I've been, actually, I've been doing a lot of YouTube and stuff, and to kind of, like... Get those stories going. I've been listening to a lot of different like fight music, Uh-huh. Um, or like fighting esque music, okay, um, pump up stuff. And uh, there's a group called Nethics. Have you ever heard of them? No. They are like so. I discovered them because I, you know, you, you know, you go on like YouTube black holes. Like you just press, you press a song, and then like it just auto plays. Right. Well, Well, you listen to music in a very different way than I do,
0: which is why I I always ask you about this segment, because I I feel like I actually got tired on my commute of listening to the same music I always listen to, Mm -hmm. even though I love it. Yeah, I just don't. I want to control so Mm -hmm. much that I just, I don't let myself get into those black holes, really. Mm -hmm. Like, as soon as I'm like, what? I don't know this song. Like, I want to sing along, right? Like, and then I just kind of click out of it. Um, So it's always interesting to hear, like, what you're stumbling on. Yeah. Um, So fight music, just to clarify, are you talking about specifically,
1: like... Uh, like action sequence move, like movie music, so, or like do you mean WWE like entry music? I'm talking like WWE style entry music. I'm talking about like you know you watch a trailer and you know they show the fight scenes like in like Hobbs and Shaw, uh-huh. right? And they're, they they've got that you know because right before Endgame they showed the Hobbs and Shaw trailer, and they're, like the bass in that song. Literally shook the entire theater. Yeah, and I was like, "Man, I don't know what this song is, but I've got to download it now." Right, right. Um, and so I I was going down his YouTube black hole, and uh, a couple of years ago, I guess, um, because it was an older video, but they kids started making like these uh, AMVs animated right. anime move music videos. Okay, and I was like, "All right, well, I'll, I'll look at this," and and usually it's um. Before before anybody, like, starts also looking at these, just know they're very clearly made by, like, you know, teenage boys who are, like, like, oh, boobs and, and butts. Um, and, but I'm, like, I'm sitting there and I'm, like, all right, I'll just play the song. And the song was fucking amazing i no. was like this is like getting me so jacked right now to okay. listen to this song and i was like who is this group and they went like, "Netflix." and i'm like are there all their songs like this and so there's a youtuber and i can't remember his name um but there's a particular youtuber that i guess got special permission from Netflix because they were like nobody's listening to our music like go right ahead like sure make these music videos and so he gets their music videos, he puts these, he makes, he gets their music, he plays the videos. Yeah. And gets, like, so many hits, and the way that he's done it, where he's taking these um, these animated sequences, these cinematic sequences in, in yeah. video games, and putting them with this music, and, like, just lining them up so perfectly. Uh-huh. Um, it just makes you... It just gets you even more into it, right? Gets you pumped, yeah. So, like that one, um, like they're like they're great. Of course, my man Serengeti, he just uh, he literally just dropped two albums this past weekend. I was like, bro, what are you doing? And I like on the way to my date, I was listening to Grim Teaches. again. Audience, if you have not listened to Serengeti, I mean, I, I talk about him. I think almost all the time in the segment, even when it's Kanye's Corner. Um, you did, right? That became
0: <laughs> Serengeti's stanza. I don't know. But it became about him. It was Seren- like, sit down with Serengeti. Sit down with Serengeti. <laughs> the Serengeti sit down. <laughs> Ooh, I like that.
1: With Marcus Sally. He was, I mean, he was just, you know, I mean, he, he just has this nice flow, and, like, it's not even like, if you don't even like rap music, it, it doesn't even matter because that music just... It it doesn't it doesn't necessarily sound like today's rap music. It sounds like, oh, 90s hip-hop. It sounds like 80s hip-hop, you know? It just has... And then some of them aren't even hip-hop at all. It's just like, it's folk music, you know? Uh-huh. And it's just... God, that man is great. Everybody... Listen, everybody that you mentioned is great, and you need to go listen to them because... These artists, I mean, I feel like not a lot of people know about them, and I feel like more people need to know about them. There's so many different artists out there. I know the Billboard Awards are tonight, I think, as of this recording. Um, and I'm sure all those artists are great, but there's so many undiscovered artists out there. Like, seriously, turn on YouTube, go on Spotify, look at your you know, daily discovery. Marcus, and be like,
0: I'm I'm hearing a challenge. There is a challenge. We haven't had a challenge this Ooh, episode. We
1: haven't. I challenge. I. I challenge you. Go on Spotify, and I want you to. I think it's like a, a daily release or like or radar release or whatever. Okay. It's like a. It curates stuff that you've listened to, and they're like, "Hey, you might like this." Listen to, just like let it play. If you don't like it, hit skip. But I guarantee you, you will find at least two new songs from two artists that you have never thought about listening to before, okay. and you're like, "Oh, I I dig this! Like, what else do you got?" And if you
0: find it and you love it, put it on our Facebook, yeah. comment, tag my ass, tell me I didn't do it, whatever. I'll, I'll do it. I'll post my results. <laughs> let's keep each other accountable. We yeah. can all find a few minutes. We're listening. We have commutes, right? Yep. This will spice up my commute so much. I'll put it on. I'll just do it. It'll keep me hype. I'll listen to new stuff. I'm excited to get this going. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Just in time. We needed a challenge.
1: Of course. Of course.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, I think that about wraps up our pre-interview portion of the show. That was quick. Yeah. We did that. We nailed was, that.
1: Yeah. Right right on the money, actually. Oh, yeah? <laughs> okay.
0: Um. So, yeah. I mean, we have an awesome guest leading up into yes, we this. Do. We're uh, joined by the wonderful Elena Wiss uh this interview is a really good one yeah she's really close to my heart love her went to school with her you're gonna hear all about all of her amazing successes her ups her downs her in-betweens and how she's dealing with it um but yeah stay tuned uh after this short commercial break um i hope to see you inside the everyday artist studio Hello there, everybody. My name is Mitchell Hansen, and I'm the host and creator of Not So Famous, a new twist on a variety show structured to bring you news, entertainment, laughs, and personal quandaries as we interview a different artist each episode on what they've been up to, what makes them tick, and how art is at the core of what makes us human. You can catch us pretty much bi-weekly on Spotify, iTunes, or Podbean, and this show wouldn't be possible without the generous love and support from our executive producer, Marcus Sally, over at Shenanigans Corp. So go grab your morning cup of coffee or that late night glass of wine and settle in to your next episode of Not So Famous. We're glad you're here. This week on Inside the Everyday Artist Studio, we have with us special guest voicing in all the way from Chicago, Elena Wiss. Elena Wiss is a Chicago-based voiceover artist, singer, and actor. She started her voiceover business in 2015 after graduating from the University of the Arts with a BFA in musical theater. She's done spots for Head & Shoulders, the 2019 National Tour of Xanadu, Fingerlings, Unicorns, and Honeydew Donuts, as well as Spotify ads for Panic at the Disco, Avril Lavigne, and Maroon 5. When she's not in the booth, Elena is an active stage performer, having completed four contracts as a principal vocalist for the Walt Disney Company in Hong Kong. She now performs all over Chicagoland, most recently at Metropolis Performing Arts Center, Williams Street Repertory, and the Pheasant Run Resort. Elena and I first met back at the University of the Arts back in 2013. That's crazy to think that it was six years ago. Uh, we'd met each other and I knew her of course because of her reputation as a hard worker a talented actress and a fun loving but humble and down to earth kind of gal we got cast in a show together spring of 2014 she as the lead and I as the third person from the left Um, and we had (laughs) we had many great conversations in green rooms Starbucks friendly walks home we uh, had so many great conversations and it's not often we get to you know chat and reconnect with people that we've looked up to for so many years, and I have to say, Alina, it's truly a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh welcome.
3: Oh my gosh, Mitchell, thank you. Like I I feel like I just got like a warm hug all the way from Philly. Like thank you so I much.
0: Hope, <laughs> I hope you did. Yeah. No, it's so good to have you here and I'm so happy to um, you know, finally get this chance. I've been meaning to do this for a while and ask you so thank you for, you know, clearing the time in your schedule. You're I know you're a busy busy lady. We just heard all about it.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was funny like hearing another person read it and I was like, wow, I wrote this, but it sounds like a robot wrote it. Like I probably should have Put, like things in there like kind of humanizing me and not making me sound like <laughs> like the human Alexa or something but um but yeah no it's been it's been a wild uh several years like I can't believe it's been four years almost since graduation like that's scary to think and yeah yeah it's weird
0: <laughs> um first of all you don't sound like the human Alexa don't <laughs> worry um I I mean, is is there anything you want to add? Like, is there anything that comes to mind that you're like, (laughs) wait, I really want the world to know blank.
3: Oh, yeah. She, you know, she likes watching The Bachelor and um, playing Kingdom Hearts in her free time. Uh, (laughs) Like, I should have put things in there that weren't like, you know, just like my CV, like printed off at like a (laughs) FedEx Express. (laughs) Um, but anyway, yeah. Hi, good to be here.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. So, uh, I, that's okay. That's what, you know, this interview is for. I want, I want to, you know, get to know you, catch up and I want the world to get to know you. So anything that comes up, you're like, wait, that's not all I am. Just <laughs> let us know. Um, we, we wouldn't dare pigeonhole you.
3: Amazing. <laughs> um,
0: so yeah, I, I want to, uh, kind of take a deep dive here, in, uh, and, and to right, get into like the nitty gritty, um, you know, if you're up for it. Um, so first of all, whoa, you've just done so much. Um, I I mean, you started this, uh, voiceover company, uh, you know, you doing this voiceover work in 2015. Um, what was, you know, the start of that? What was the idea for it?
3: Totally. Um. So actually, I actually do know where this started. And it was senior year at UArts. I was in business of theater with Amy Dugas Mm -hmm. Brown. And I'll never forget, like there was this one class where she told us, she advised us to find that hobby or that side interest that makes you forget. I think what she said was it makes you forget to eat and poop. And, (laughs) and she was like, and if you can turn that into your side hustle, then it won't feel like work. Like it won't, you won't Mm. be like miserable all day waiting to go to rehearsal at night, which is the thing you really love doing because you like what you're doing during the day. And Mm -hmm. she said that, and I didn't really know at the time, like exactly what that was going to be for me. I thought maybe something with like video editing. Like I really love doing video blogging, especially like travel, travel blogs and things like that. So I thought, Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe there's something there. I don't know. I knew it was going to be something kind of tech related. Um, and I was always interested in doing voiceover. I had never studied it. I had never had coaching in it specifically. Um, and yeah. And I I just kind of was like, let's try it and see what Mm -hmm. happens and so I literally just like made myself a fake demo reel as you do (laughs) (laughs) and I like made a Fiverr account and I was making like four dollars voicing people's powerpoints and stuff like it was sure truly a humble beginning (laughs) um yeah (laughs) 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 and um, I'm
1: like been there (laughs) <laughs> but like,
3: but right. But it's like it's so fair, though, because I didn't know what I was doing. And these people weren't looking for like, I don't know, like Scarlett Johansson to, to voice their projects or something like they were just looking for a utilitarian voiceover. And I was learning the rope. So it was like fine. And it was like mutually beneficial. So, um, yeah. So I started there and I I learned very quickly that like part of this was going to be figuring out how to become essentially a small business owner. Right. Like it's not Mm -hmm. just um, it's not just the the acting part of it and kind of the fun part of it. It's like, oh, I have to be a low key like audio engineer and also like business negotiator. Like I have to know how to deal with clients and negotiate fees. And what do I do with revisions? And it was like it was this whole big thing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like this is going to take me a long time to figure out how to manage all this. Um, but I started to, you know, it was a really valuable experience starting out in that environment because, you know, again, it was low stakes. It was like low risk, low reward kind of. So, um, it was a really good training ground for me. And Mm -hmm. I eventually then was able to take what I learned uh, on on Fiverr and expand to other online databases and really build my business and start to get those repeat clients and those bigger some of those occasional like occasional bigger jobs and um, and yeah it just kind of has been taking off from there um, obviously I had to put it on pause for a couple of years when I, um, was working abroad and then when I came back I kind of had to start all over because I'd lost like all my clients because I casually dropped off the face of the earth for two years so <laughs> they had to find somebody else. Um okay.
0: yeah but so I mean just sorry backtracking sure. like when you first got started um, you know and you were trying to figure out like this business plan what did you do did that kind of come naturally and you were like hmm how much do I value my time <laughs> like I, I want to figure this out like uh, you know logically and proportionately, or did you go online and and look up, you know, certain, um, you know, ways for valuing your time or tools or like recommendations, you know, what, what was that like?
3: Oh my gosh. Um, well, I had had zero experience in business, anything business related. So it it was just like, it, it was exactly that question. Like how much is my work worth? And I still continue to ask myself that question because, you know, everything you do is an investment. It's like, oh, I just bought a new mic. Well, now my work is worth more because now I have this, like, higher-end mic that picks up sound better. So, like, now I raise my rates. So it's, like, it's all kind of relative. Mm-hmm. And back then, I, like, I listened to my my first, first recordings and I'm like, yeah, my work was worth about $4 because it's, like, bouncing <laughs> off every surface in this room and it's, it's just going to be a pain for the, the audio company to fix. So, like, it's going to cost them more. So it wasn't worth a whole lot back then. And I was basically itemizing everything like, okay, word count, you know, this much for 25 words and then this much for a dialect because, you know, I had taken a dialects class at Uarts and I was like, now I can professionally do an Irish accent for everyone's voiceover. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, but yeah. And then, you know, uh, if you want me to add music if you want me to splice it up into 37 different files etc etc so um now I kind of have a system where I'm like okay like I I ask for all that information up front from the client and then I have a way of like figuring it out but um but yeah it's it's kind of a learn as you go at least it was for me because I yeah like I said like I really didn't have any experience in any of this when I endeavored to start out um So, yeah. Yeah, Does that answer your question?
0: (laughs) It does. It does. And you strike me as a person um, that when you get faced with a challenge, you don't necessarily look at it and go, oh, shoot, like, I am not going to be able to do this. You go, (laughs) oh, yeah, how am I going to do this? And then, like, it kind of, like, turns you on, engages you to jump right in and be like, okay, yeah, I've never done anything with business, but I'm going to be the best businesswoman i (laughs) ever was. Like is does that, you know, did you feel that when you got into it and you really started to like kind of hit that flow of like, oh, I'm going to ask for them up front, like what it is. And then you could send like an expense report to you know, that person, like an invoice and you felt, damn, I just sent my first invoice. Yeah,
3: definitely. I mean, I definitely agree with that. I definitely am more motivated by challenge than I am turned off by it or like turned away by it, which I think is a really, really, really important quality if you're going to be like a business owner because you can't be scared of it. Like you can be scared of it, but you can't let it cripple you. You can't, you know, you, you can't just let it stop you or you won't get anywhere. Um, you, you
0: have to let the fear be a motivator oh, yeah. instead of a hindrance. And that goes for mm.
3: everything, right? That goes for like every yeah. area of life. But, um, but yeah, uh, specifically talking about having your own startup, essentially. Um, mm. Yeah, definitely. And when you hit all those milestones, it's kind of like, wow, I made my first thousand dollars. And wow, I, I got my first um, five-star review on this database. Or like, <laughs> wow, I got my first commercial or something, you know. So
1: yeah.
3: Um, So, yeah, and and each one of those experiences does fuel me and make me hungry for the next thing or like, what's okay, like what's the next challenge that I really, really want to take on or or spend my time on? Yeah.
0: So speaking of that, um, you know, turning that fear into a motivator, what was um, the thing that really pushed you into, uh, you know, getting up after building some of this up and building this business into going to Hong Kong? (laughs) Um, to make friends with uh, you know some some really important people over
3: there. <laughs> some some magical friends um, yes yeah oh my gosh um, yeah the, I mean that I, I think anyone that anyone who has spoken to me for more than five minutes in the last like decade of my life knows that mm-hmm. um, my dream has always been to work for Disney and to to be uh-huh. a, a friend of a Disney princess and um <laughs> and Yeah. And so I, you know, I auditioned for the company for five years. Um, and I, I did 20 auditions before I finally uh, was hired. And I, I wow. aud- yeah, so it's it's not like, a, again, like, I, we were talking earlier today about kind of like, success isn't always like, a straight line from point A to point B. And this is another Amy Dugas Brown thing. Like Amy, if you're listening, thank you so much. Like this is, um, (laughs) like you have like made such a difference. Um, because I remember one day in class, she drew, like, A, and then she drew B, and she drew a straight line. She's like, this is what we think success is. And then she erased the straight line, and she drew a big squiggly line with, like, mm-hmm. lots of backtracking and going all over the whiteboard and everything. She's like, and then it gets to point B. And she's like, that's what it usually actually is. <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah,
0: I would say it's I would say it's almost never the straight line. Right. No. I don't care who you are. I don't care how famous you are. I don't care. Uh, even If you're if, not so famous. Ha- if you're even... Thanks, Marcus.
1: Title drop. Uh,
0: <laughs> I got
2: to
1: get that producer
0: credit, man. Yeah. <laughs> the one day I didn't bring toys for you to play with. Um, uh, no, but it absolutely is like never that easy. Or, or you reach um, a, a different letter, right? Like on your way to B, you find C-D-E-F-G-H-I, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of the things that you you never knew that you were going to need. Um Which is really important realization to make so that you can be prepared for it and deal with and adapt to that change as you have. Sorry to interrupt you.
3: No, oh my gosh. All of that is so great. And I'm like being transported back to like some Starbucks in Philly where we definitely had a similar like deep convo about life philosophy. Like I love love this kind of stuff. Um, So yeah, but I mean, so it was by no means like a, it, it, it like wasn't like I got super lucky, and I did get super lucky, but it wasn't just kind of like I waltzed in one day and thought, hey, this might be a cool... It was like I was so right. focused on this goal for mm-hmm. so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what was
0: that like to to audition so many times, first of all?
3: Oh, man. It was rough. Like there were, I remember the first time I auditioned, I was 17, and I... I I did not care what it was. I just wanted to work for the company and Mm
2: -hmm. I
3: was so pumped and like I was on a family vacation and there happened to be an audition and I went to the audition and I made it all the way through the final round of callbacks and I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I might get to work for Disney the summer before college. How awesome would that be? (laughs) I was like, you know, there was no such thing as no. There was no such thing as as rejection because I had never auditioned for anything professional or paid or anything before so I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm totally going to get it because, you know, high mm-hmm. school mentality and whatever. And mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, I didn't get it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and I was wah, like, wah, wah, yeah, wah. Right, right. Right. And then that trend followed. You know, I would get really close and I'd get my hopes up and get really excited. And then there would be tears because it just didn't come through or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Like, I remember like so many plane rides like sitting like I I would fly down to Florida for the chance to be looked at for 20 seconds and then sent home, you know, and it, mm. it was rough. And I really, the only thing that kept me going was like, I couldn't explain it, but there was this feeling inside, like I am destined to do this. And I can't, I don't <clears throat> know how I know that. I just know it. Um, and so that was like the thing that, that kept me going. And I think it finally kind of mellowed me out to, to where I got to this point where I was like going into auditions. First of all, I was willing to audition for other parks. Like I was for a long time only auditioning for Orlando and thinking Mm -hmm. like, I only want this. This is the only version of my dream that exists. And then like when that wasn't working, I kind of was like, you know what? I want this so bad that I would audition for Disney Cruise Line and, and I'd be Mm -hmm. on a ship and I would do it. And Mm -hmm. then, that didn't work out. And I was like, you know what? I want it so bad that I would go to Japan for it. And and I auditioned for Tokyo Disney. And then I want it so bad that I would go to Hong Kong for it. And then finally, I think after so many rejections and knowing that it was a possibility that I wouldn't get it. And that even if I got close, there was still a possibility that I wouldn't get it. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of enabled me to walk into auditions being like, hey, this would be cool, but I'm not going to like be... I, I'm not going to be super, super upset and it's not going to ruin my life if I don't get it. And that kind yeah. of was like the sweet spot for me was being able to come in being like, hey, I'm going to ask for this opportunity, but no hard feelings if it doesn't work out. And then I lo and behold, that's... that's the one that worked out, you know? <laughs> right.
1: I think that's the space that we as artists, like we strive to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? I tell, I tell my students all the time, you know, I'm like, you know, they come in, they they get so devastated if they don't make it. And I'm like, it doesn't mean you're not good. Right. It just means that, hey, you're not exactly what we're looking for for this particular Correct. part. You're still great. I still love you. But I'm going to go with this person. And it's okay. It's all right. Like, okay, I didn't get it that time. Next time, look at that. All of a sudden, I get it. Oh, my gosh. I go, like, even more and more and more. And I'm, I'm sitting, I'm waiting until that one day. You know, like Hong Kong um, Disney. Yeah, you finally, you finally make it. <laughs> Hong Kong Disney,
3: <laughs>
1: Elena, are you there? right? Like,
3: yeah.
0: I think I think there's two really good things in there. First, being that so to get to that, um, like, uh, understanding that you know the audition doesn't have to hit a certain goal, or you don't have to merit. Um, your success by getting the part or landing the thing, like you said, Elena, earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it is about saying, okay, um, the success, like I know I've won when I step into the audition room and I was brave enough to prepare material and come and bear my craft. I think we have to define success there. Yo,
3: there it is. Yes. Um
0: And then, uh, I mean, Elena, to hit that sweet spot, like you said, of I don't give a shit. And I give (laughs) 1,000. Exactly, exactly.
3: I think that, like, part. honestly, part of the reason they probably weren't hiring me for so long is because I probably looked crazy. Like, I probably was going into every single audition with this, like, panicked look on my face, like, please hire me! It's all I've ever wanted! Like, like, (laughs) like, like like Sansa Stark in the first season of Game of Thrones where she's like, please, it's the only thing I ever wanted! Like, I think like, I think that's what I was giving off, and they could, like, smell that Mm. from a mile away and they're like oh she's crazy yeah we don't want to work with her you know wow
0: i thought that i was gonna have to ask you at the end to like give me a little accent or something
2: because
3: you, <laughs> you never it. have you to
1: ask <laughs> you just freely offered oh my gosh um, sure. she, she, she messaged me she's uh, gonna charge you. For oh me. this is an invoice yeah okay yeah right um, <laughs>
3: yeah that, that'll be out of yeah. My- <laughs> <laughs> right no 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 uh, friend, friend price friend price yeah <laughs> friend pr- oh my god um
0: wh- We'll discuss it in post. <laughs> I, I'm really, I, I'm starting to sweat. Marcus,
1: can I have a glass of water? Um, <laughs> parts of this is like edited out because Mitchell couldn't afford it. <laughs> like, yeah, this is, this is too rich in my blood. Um, we're just gonna cut this part out,
0: please. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> But that's so crazy. I mean, that you, it, it really is. I think it's a, like that um, to relate to our listeners who maybe aren't, you know, auditioning for things or who work in a different medium. Mm. Uh, I think it, it works in other aspects of our lives as well, right? Like, I always hear, um, and tell me if this sounds familiar, right? You're looking for love, you're looking for love, you're looking for love. And then as soon as you, as soon as you stop, <laughs> you're like, you're like Fuck this. I am a beautiful, badass motherfucker. <laughs> and like anyone who is with me, like I am a 10. And then literally someone's like, uh, hello, you are a 10. And I'd like to take you out to dinner. And you're like,
2: oh shit.
3: That's so um, true.
0: Like you, it's literally the moment. It's like mm. within days, mm. like, and it's just a switch. And you're like, oh
2: uh,
1: yeah,
0: I'm, I'm turning this off now. Like I'm not, I'm done You know, trying to try so hard—that's it. Just try so hard. That's it. And then it kind of releases into oh, because I think that you come to a realization that you accept yourself, right? Right. That's what it's sounding like from from uh, your experience. Is that does that resonate at all? Oh yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, for sure. Like. Yeah, I, oh gosh, I can't even remember the exact title of this book. It's got an orange cover and it's like something like the subtle art of not giving a something, <laughs> not giving us something area. or other. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> and he says that in, the, in that book, he's like, he basically says, I think it might even be like the first chapter. He's like, number one, don't try. And you're like, what? <laughs> don't try? Um, yeah. But it really is. It's about, it's about, um, It's about letting go. It's about, right, learning to let it go. (laughs) Ha ha, wink, wink. From my my friend Elsa that taught me that lesson. Um, But yeah, it... uh, It really, it really is that. And it. I think you can feel it too. Like when you go into an audition and you literally feel tense, like (laughs) your whole body is like shaking and, or, or you're just like clenching and, you know, you can feel that. I think that goes back to like quantifying whether or not it was successful for you, regardless of the outcome. I can always tell if I gave my very best or not by like Mm -hmm. how I feel immediately upon exiting the audition room. And if it's like Mm -hmm. I'm shaking or I'm tense or I'm sweating or something, then it wasn't my best because I was physically holding on to something and not releasing to it. Rick Stoppelworth Mm -hmm. releasing to it. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you can really tell and I think they can tell, too. Um,
0: yeah, I, I think they really can. And there's so many different ways to get rid of that. And, um, you know, to, I don't know, find your center. And there's all sorts of weird things people do. I just have like a, a funny question. Do you have like any, f- like funny quirks or like things that you do like uh, superstitions? Like, Oh, um, like, you know, before you go into an audition or, or maybe after like you, you are like, like for me, for example, right. I know it's a good audition if I like brown out, like I can't remember what literally just happened. <laughs> Seriously? Be- yeah. It's like I walk into the room and then I'm not there and then I'm like coming out and closing the door and I'm like, oh shit, that was, I nailed it. Oh. Like I, I crushed, I can't remember. Yeah. Like I l- released so hard. I forgot where I was. Um, oh, and man. that's maybe uh, like, I should see a doctor about it, but also <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my, that's my funny story. And if I can, if I'm in the moment and I'm looking outside of myself, like in, uh, you know, like an out of body experience, and I'm like, you're doing yeah. this wrong. You're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. Then I'm, mm. I'm not there. Mm. I'm not released. Do you have anything like that, Elena? Or like, you
3: mean like a trigger that, that you can tell, like, yeah, I'm in the zone or Yeah, something. Or
0: like. I don't know, before you go in, you just, like, look in a mirror. Yeah, like, anything. You look in a mirror, and you're like, you are loved, and you're perfect, and this is going to be a great audition. Like, anything that you do, I just, I was curious.
3: Those things are awesome. I, uh, honestly, like... I can't really think of anything specific. I think that like when I'm on deck, like I know I'm going in within the next three minutes or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I don't have any like I don't really have like a specific thing, but I just try to be really conscious of my breathing and just try not to Mm. enter the room like in a huff or like shallow breathing or anything like that. Um, I just did this yesterday, actually, and I should have a better answer. But I feel like that's that's kind (laughs) of it. Like, I feel like I I just sort of maybe I'll go over like the first few words of my piece again and just, you know, just kind of refresh. Or the other thing is maybe think about, um, you know, it's the old thing, like every actor listening is going to be rolling their eyes. But like, who are you talking to? And like, really see them. And really, really mm-hmm. look into their eyes and like bring them in with you. Because if you don't it's do so good, that, man. that's that's another thing. Like I literally just did this yesterday and I felt so disconnected during my audition because mm-hmm. I didn't do that. I didn't think about, okay, who is this for? Who am I actually talking to? Um, mm-hmm. It was one of those moments, right, where I was thankful that the guy wasn't looking at me and he was like looking at my resume and stuff. Because I was like, I just did a really weird unmotivated gesture and I'm glad he didn't see it because mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wasn't connected. But then lo and behold, Mm -hmm. I got a callback. So I was like, what on earth? Like what that that's why I'm saying it's not like always A to B. Sometimes it's like, yeah, you have a funky audition, but then that's the one that comes through. And it's kind of like this. I I almost feel like it's the universe being like, this is your reaping your rewards for the last 10 auditions that were great that you didn't get callbacks for. (laughs) So I don't know. Like it's just a weird thing. But but yeah, it's it's a journey,
1: <laughs> for sure. Uh, so I got one. Yeah. So, do you ever uh, see the Kings of Comedy? Yeah. So there's a part right before Bernie Mac, R.I.P. Mm. Uh, Sweet Bernie. <laughs> he he does this like weird like shimmy mm-hmm. like as they're like doing his intro. Uh huh. And when uh, when I was in college, um, Dr. Mac she, the, the number one thing that she taught us was, think about the most confident person you know. Mm. Whether it's a celebrity, whether it's someone you know, or maybe someone you've just seen on the street. Mm-hmm. And just think of that person and think about, like, okay, when they go out, how, how would they come into this audition room? So, we all went outside and we came in and, and everybody would like, kind of like, Fuck it up, essentially. Uh-huh. Because everyone's like, I'm nervous, you know. They're like like clenching under the fist Sure, or it wasn't genuine. Holding on to it, like Elena said. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I went outside and I was just like, and I was nervous going outside. But like everybody, because everybody went back to back to back. Everybody was getting sent back in you know, mm-hmm. multiple times. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, I, I don't really care, you know. I just want to go in and just... Relax, and I'm probably gonna get sent back. So, why give a shit. Mm-hmm. So I do this little shimmy, right? <laughs> and I got like roll myself on up, and I come in. And she threw curveballs at us, right? Because she would ask us questions, and we're like, "Oh sure. yeah, we'll answer the question for you, right?" You know. And she's like, goes over the, our resumes, and she's like, "Oh, I see you did this. Can you talk about mm-hmm. it?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure. Can you do your audition? Sure." And then I sat down, and I was like, I was just conscious of like, oh, oh I'm sitting here. Mm-hmm. There's there's people staring at me. What do yeah. I And she was like, all right, so what did uh, everyone notice about Marcus's audition? Does he need to do it again? And they, not her, <laughs> they were all like, we didn't really see anything wrong. She's like, that's because he came in. And just did his job. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. And then he sat down and it was fine. Everyone every, here, you're really nervous. Mm. Because you will have to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? so, so as soon as you were like, what ritual? I thought I was a weirdo. Because I just knew I was the only person who did something before. <laughs> <him>. <laughs> no. So I'm glad to hear that you kind of like browned out. I was like, Oh. <laughs> I literally, yeah, no, I mean, I think
0: everybody has a different thing. And, um, I mean, I really like yours, Elena, because I think that it's, it's technical mm-hmm. to an aspect because it, it makes you focus on the one thing that is literally constant throughout your entire exactly. life. You are always, as, as long as you're alive, you're breathing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can always come back to that and you're not worried about the past, about your prep. You're, you're not worried about the future, about getting it. You're worried about in and out, right? right? Mm-hmm. It, it grounds you, it centers you, it's technical, but it's also, yes. you know, really something easy to tap into. Um, but I think there's plenty of other things, like the thinking of a confident person. I think all of those are great. Yeah. And I was just curious as to, um, you know, through so many auditions and, and so many experiences, um, you know, what you'd picked up. So that's um, really awesome. So you work for Disney, um, you know, for uh, two years in Hong Kong crazy, um, <laughs> you know, away from your family, away from um, everything you've known, that must have been a really hard transition, but you seem to have made it through so grace, gracefully. <laughs> I loved keeping up with you and, and watching what you were doing um, and all of your success. So earned after so many Aww, auditions, thank you. Um, you know, what was that experience like, um, you know, in it, like, were there anything, was there anything that surprised you or did it feel like, Oh, this is it! Like this is the sweet spot. I get to I get to make friends with all of you know these these people that I've seen on the screen before. Man, um,
3: it's like such a big question because it was such a big part of my life. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, for sure. Like the moment when I got the call, it was like from that moment on, I. I just knew this was it. Like this was the thing I was waiting for. I didn't even know like it came in from an unknown caller, you know, but for some reason uh-huh. I was just kind of like, oh, it's, you know, it's the casting director and she's going to offer me a job. And I just, I had this like sense of calm from that moment. I was like, I just know that's what it is. And I picked it up and sure enough, she answered the phone and she was like, I'm, I'm going to offer you a job. So you might want to get something to write with. And I was like, I actually already have a pen in front of me, like a pen, but like, I I just knew that like, Mm -hmm. I, again, it was like, I couldn't explain it. And I almost feel like that's how you know something is right. And that it's like universally Mm -hmm. yours and it's meant to happen because you can't explain it, but you just know that it's right. Um, And,
0: yeah. And you had that in your gut yeah. from the, the very first audition. Like I, you kn- You said you knew that you were meant for yeah. it. You knew that that moment was coming, whether it be after the first audition or the 25th mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, right. Like it was coming.
3: Yeah. Um, and it really, I mean, truthfully, yeah, it, it was a dream come true in every way. And there were things that were very challenging about it. Um,
1: Mm-hmm. But especially
3: my first contract, because it was all new. It really was like, how sure. is it was like, how is somebody allowing me to do this? Like, I actually can't believe it's real. Like, <laughs> um. so, yeah, it, it really was awesome. And every day was a surprise. Mm-hmm. I think you asked, like, was anything surprising? I mean, yeah, sure. Every everything was a surprise. Everything was a new experience mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I was in a new country Um you know, we were very fortunate as English speakers coming in that English is one of the commonly spoken languages in Hong Kong. It's not the native language, but, you know, you can get by. So I'm embarrassed to say I didn't I didn't come back speaking fluent Cantonese, um, <laughs> unfortunately. Um also, it's a very tricky language to master. It has nine tones. Um, so it's real tough. But anyway. Wow. Hey,
0: you were doing other stuff. You were on contract not to learn Cantonese. Yeah, not... right? <laughs> it, it was,
3: well, yeah. But, um, you know, you learn enough to get by. You, you learn your address. You learn good morning, thank you, you know, hot, hot uh, water with lemon and honey. <laughs> you learn what you got to learn as a singer out there. The um, important thing. Uh, sure, very important. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean it it was amazing. It was such a gift out there for so many reasons for, you know, I'm I'm equally as thankful for the hard times and the hard parts of it as I am for the mm-hmm. highs and like for for the the wonderful parts of the experience. The dream come true part, the the I'm on my break and I'm going to go get on Space Mountain part, you know, the <laughs> I get to travel to all these countries that are near to Hong Kong part. Those parts mm-hmm. are wonderful, but I'm also thankful for learning how to function essentially alone without my support system out there because that was like a huge survival skill to and I think I think that I had kind of prepared for that with you know I'm from Chicago originally but I moved out to Philly for school Mm -hmm. and that was kind of a baby step Mm -hmm. that was like step one (laughs) and had I not done that I would not have been ready to get on a plane and move 8,000 miles away to a country where English is not the native language you know yeah um so yeah and you were
0: You were coming from something so different, right? Starting this business, getting into voiceover. Um, I have to ask, like, what do you like about um, live performance more than maybe, um, you know, like recording or being in the booth? Mm -hmm. And what do you like about being in the booth versus live performance?
3: Ooh, yeah. Um, They're both great. I mean... Uh, I'm kind of a control freak. So <laughs> when I'm recording, Same. when I'm recording, I like that I can be like, oh no, that was bad. Like toss that one out and, and redo it until it's perfect. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that can also be like, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Like it's, it's kind of a bad thing sometimes. And so when I'm performing live, you know, you don't have that luxury of being like, oh, throw that one out. It's like, no, you put that out there and it's out and everyone heard it. So <laughs> if you have a bad day, like <laughs> there's no taking it back, especially like, in our theater, um, one of the unique things about it, because it was it was live theater, but it was kind of this cross between uh, a stage musical and an attraction, right? So, like, you are mm-hmm. allowed to video and encouraged to video and encouraged to take photos. So... That was great because it was, on the one hand, it was like, wow, cool, here's all this stuff for my reel. Thanks, guys. But then on the other hand, it was like, oh, yikes, I had a bad day and cracked at 10 a.m., and now that's on the internet forever. (laughs) So so it was kind of, again, it was a double-edged sword. Um, So in that sense, that specific uh, contract and that... uh, that experience of live performance was maybe a little bit different than a controlled environment where it's like, put away your phones, you know, because it's kind of both. It's kind of like it is being recorded at all times, um, mm-hmm. but you're not in control of it. So um, it, it was super refreshing, I have to say, to come back um, from that contract and start working in theaters where you know, you're kind of safe so that like, if you make a mistake, it's like safe between you and the audience. Like they know what happened, you know what happened, but you move on and it dies there. (laughs) It's not going to, it's not going to follow you on a hashtag on Instagram later. (laughs) So, um,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's a different kind of pressure, right? Like I think being, being in the booth is uh, a pressure that maybe you apply to yourself and that can be a hindrance as well. Like I'm the same way. I I definitely get controlling, but when I record something for, you know, uh, someone else to hear and I'm by myself, eventually I get to a point where like, it's no longer, it doesn't have a spark Mm -hmm. in it because I've, grinded that oh yeah you know what i mean like i've i've worked my perfectionism has worked that that Mm -hmm. joy out of it totally and eventually i have to just start keeping ones that i'm like that's maybe not exactly where i want it to be but i do really like this and Mm -hmm. then give it to someone else and say which one Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. trust that they're going to pick the one that it has that you know element of perfectionism that i want And the joy. Oh, totally.
3: Totally. um,
0: Which isn't present in, you know, a live performance. At some point, I have to say, I have to step on stage and, like you're saying, Elena, release into Mm -hmm. it and say, this is going to be something intimate that I only get to share once. Mm -hmm. Even though I have another show in five hours this evening, this is something that's only going to happen this one time. Mm -hmm. And there's something beautiful and magical about that. Yeah,
3: that's so awesome. See, that's
1: weird because... Uh, well, sorry. <laughs> He's like, that's not awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I mean, because that's weird. That's weird to me because I, I would have figured that, you know, when you, you mentioned when you're recording something, um, that you would, you would tackle it the same way like you would on stage, that there wouldn't be this almost like this air of perfectionism um, when it comes to the mic. Cause I know when I'm doing stuff. A lot of times, I think early on, um, when I was going through my like fiber phase, for me it was upwork.
3: Yes. Um, been just, there. Right. Oh, thank you. Finally, <laughs> I say upwork because someone <laughs> no
1: one knows what I'm talking yep. about. Thank you. Um, so like I I would do it a couple of times, and then after a while I was just like, you know, I was like, it was it was the same thing as like my audition class. I was like, fuck it. You know, yeah. If they want me to redo it, I'll redo it, you know, and do the turnaround time, you know, 12 hours later. Uh huh. Um, but it was nice to feel that same sense of, oh, I can tackle voice acting mm-hmm. with the exact same kind of mentality that I do with my stage acting. I, I think there's
0: an element um, of like maybe the pre work that mm. I do that's the exact same. Oh, okay. right? Um, But. I think it's different when, when you're in live performance, mm. ultimately the, um, like when you're rehearsing, at least the, um, judge to say, okay, and that was great. Keep it like that. However, that fell. And then we're going to move on mm. is not me. Right. Mm. Right. So I can say, ooh. I know how my body felt. I know how I was positioned. I yeah. knew motivationally, yeah. like, you know, uh, like you said, Elena, where I'm coming from, who I'm talking to, all of these things. And I can basically like catalog that. But I never actually have to see myself.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Right? Like yeah. I, I never get to step outside of myself and look at, look at myself objectively okay. to my like taste and, yeah. and make sure that I'm conforming to that it, because ultimately it's somebody else. That's doing it. But when I have the opportunity, like even to see myself on video, like on camera, (laughs) pick it apart. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I just, I hit play and I'm like, what the fuck were you thinking? Oh,
3: Oh, literally. Um, I just did a self tape this morning and that's exactly what was happening. Like there are so many takes, hmm. right. Where you're like, okay. Yeah. All right. Like, am I even a human? What is coming out of my mouth? But the thing is like, (gasps) I think the nice thing about live performance, like, like you said, Mitchell, like in rehearsal, At least for me, an insecure human being, which I think a lot of actors are, um, Mm -hmm. it's so nice to have the validation, or or even sometimes the constructive criticism of a director that's going to get you to that point where you're like, okay, okay, Yeah. yeah, like I'm on the right track. Whereas when you're in the booth and it's just you and you have no direction at all, and you're looking at specs and it says like friendly. informative, but, like, not like a robot and not over-rehearsed, and then you're just doing it, and you're like, I hope it's that, but I don't know. Like, you don't have a sounding board of somebody being like, yeah, 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 mm. you're on the right track, or, yeah, um, try it a little bit more like this. So you're just, like, in this black hole, like, this void of, like... Am I getting anywhere or not? I don't have any direction at all. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it, mm-hmm. it can be really hard. And I think that, like you said, we are all insecure. Yeah, I think anybody yeah. that gets on a stage um, and wants to perform is a little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, in in a good way and in a self-critical way. I yeah. think ultimately what it boils down to, and feel free to disagree, guys, Um is that at some point in our life we felt like we needed external validation and praise? Sure. Like At some, and it has turned into something that isn't that for me, right. at least in my artistic journey. Um, but it's so complex, and there is still a part of me that, as soon as like you're saying, Elena, somebody comes up to you and, and gives you um like even even really well flavored constructive criticism i'm like seeing them walk over and i'm like i i fa- they're firing me i failed <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i'll never work again right like uh but that's not what it is and it, right. i think it changes over time and our relationships to our work changes over time mm-hmm. so it's really interesting to hear you um elena who has been on both sides of it very very professionally mm-hmm. um to see that in all sorts of different ways and from all sorts of angles and, and kind of see how you um, cope with it and, and come to, you know, self-motivate again. Because I think, like you said, you know, at the end of the day, it is just you in that room or even preparing for, for a live performance. It, it comes down to you doing your job, like you said, Marcus. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, you work for for Disney um, for two years, and then what was the impetus to uh, you know for a change? Um, how did you end up leaving your work there?
3: Yeah, you know, it's so crazy because it was supposed to be six months out there. That was it. It was supposed mm-hmm. to just be one contract, and I had in the back of my head, like, you know, I think I might want to try for a year because, again having having the um, the experience of of living away from home in Philly, I knew that six months was really only enough time to just start to get to use, get used to something.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: like, you know, it's like a semester in school and you're like, right. it's like just enough for you to kind of get excited. And then like to have to leave after that, I feel like it would be unfinished. So I kind of had it in the back of my head, like I'm going to try to do a year, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try for a second contract to see what happens. Sure. Um, and I ended up doing one year in one role And then saying to myself, you know, I think I could I think I could stay again and I'm actually interested in training in a different role. So, like, let's try Mm. for that. And then it actually ended up happening. Um, And then after that, uh, I was kind of like at that point after the third contract, I was like, you know, I'm fine either way. I was like, I I, I would love to go home for Christmas because, you know, it's hard being away from your family during Mm -hmm. that time and or just during times when it's, you know it's a time when, when you're, when you're missing people and it's hard to kind of be floating on your own without that anchor. And I had done it once and I was like, I don't know if I want to do that again. So I had mixed feelings about it. I was like, I could stay for another and you know, that would be great. I could save up some more money and it would be an even two years. And for personal reasons, like I was like, yeah, that would be good. But, but I was also like, but I'm okay. If I, again, same, same as like me, like my attitude going into the audition, I was like, I was like, yeah, it would be okay if it didn't happen, though. I would be fine either way. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting a fourth, and then I was like, okay, all right. So I've really accomplished all my goals now, and I've I've saved what I think I should save, and I've been to a lot of cool places. And I think creatively, like, let's just be real for a second. Doing the same show over 1,200 times, (laughs) you start to kind of, like, your brain just melts. And I was like... Yeah. I, I just as a creative, I was like, I, I need to do something else. Like, I love it here. It was so hard to make that decision. But I was like, especially when it was my dream, you know, um, and knowing that I was going to be walking into like financial insecurity and job insecurity and just going back to living at home. It, it felt like a step backwards, but it was a necessary step mm. because it was like, that's the only way that I'm ever going to be able to take the blinders off and see what other opportunities are out there is if I give up this Mm -hmm. opportunity, like you have to let go of things to let new things come in. So it was hard, but I made that decision because I was like, really I've, I've accomplished pretty much all the goals that I want to accomplish here for now. Um, Mm -hmm. and I didn't close the door and say, I never want to work here again. I'd love to, you know, and, and I love to continue working for the company in a multitude of ways. And I don't know what those are yet. Um, But, but yeah, I, I just knew like, um, again, going back to that business of theater class, I think at some point we had to make a five-year plan, which I'm laughing thinking about mine now because it was so different from kind of what I wrote. I wrote down like, I'm going to be equity by 25. And now I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) like, I was like, oh, and also I don't know if that was a great goal. Like, I don't know if 22 year old me understood the implications of that, but now I'm like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to be 26 and I have zero points, but it's OK because I, you know, I had this awesome adventure and I wouldn't trade that for anything. You know, life kind of takes you on this crazy journey that you can't predict. And it's almost better not knowing sometimes. Um, so, yeah. Yeah.
0: And you you also have to, I like what you said, you know, it it felt like a step back um, because I I totally get that. And I think lots of people and certainly our listeners have, everyone's dealt with this, like, I need to make this decision. And, uh, you know, I know that this is in some part what I want, but it does feel like, you know, to society standards or maybe, you know, the standards that I'm putting on myself um, via others Um, that this is a step backwards, but I think, you know, the analogy that I like to use for that is that like, sometimes like when you're in a fight, you need to take a step back and like change your stance, yeah, right. So that you can tackle it, um, you know, head on and, and really, um, you know, put your best foot forward rather. Um, and I think that that's kind of what we have to do in life all the time. I think we do have to say, okay, wait, let me step out. Let me step back. Take a better look at everything, right? See everything as it truly is, not as I'm making it out to be, so that I can dive in head Yeah, first. yeah, yeah. And I, I um, like that
3: saying, and I'm going to butcher it now, but... Um, It's something like, remember, you have to pull back an arrow before it can hit the target or something like that.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 So
3: that that kind of truly was was what had to happen. And then it is kind of this resetting period. It does feel like backwards for a second. But then you're like, it feels like you're moving backwards because you're actually moving towards a different path and a different goal. So you're going to have that kind of latency period where it's like, oh man, like I have to start all over and like nothing's coming through. Everybody forgot who I was because I left for so long. And, you know, but it's, it's, it's just one of those things. And it goes back to just the need to be resilient in this field. You must be Mm -hmm. resilient and you cannot let the nose discourage you. Um And just kind of, I guess, the thing that has been true for me this whole time was like Mm -hmm. every time I thought I wanted something and then I didn't get it, I was really, really upset about it. And then lo and behold, a couple of years, months, whatever it was later, along comes this amazing opportunity that literally didn't exist before. And it's kind of like this, oh, duh, this is why none of those other things worked out, because this is the thing that I was meant to be doing. So I I try Mm -hmm. to keep that in mind when I'm like, oh, man, nothing's coming through. Nothing's lining up the way I thought. And, you know, all these things that I thought I was the right fit for, I didn't get them. What am I doing? I try to keep in mind like, hey, Hong Kong Disneyland came through and I never knew that existed before, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
0: Kind of reminding yourself to be patient. And I think that's very, very um, apt. Uh, I think that a lot of people need to hear that. And I think certainly I needed to hear it. I think there's plenty of things, even in, you know, our daily lives that we go about and we look at an end point, mm-hmm. right? Like we look at a, I'm trying to get a 100%. And if I don't get a 100%, right, like what was it even, it wasn't even mm-hmm. worth it. Um, and I really do think that it comes down to, and, and like, at least for me, redefining success as to where I feel, like you said at the beginning, Elena. like I feel that I forget to eat and I forget to <laughs> poop. Like when I'm Doing, um, you know, like this, like having this conversation with you, right? I- I've completely, I've just zoned in on on this yeah. and doing this with you. And that's how I know it's right. And there is something about intuition and your gut instinct that really pulls through, um, you know, as a creative person and releasing into that. We have to release into kind of that childhood wonder of this makes me feel good Mm -hmm. in some way and i i know that i'll put the work in as an adult to feel that childlike giddiness of wonder (laughs) yeah um so you are a shining example to all of us in in many different ways No, i mean i you have i know you have ups and downs too but i think that um just getting together and sharing our journeys and hearing you speak about going to hong kong and being able to you know do that and and still come back and then say, all right, uh, you know, these people forgot about me, but not for long. Right. (laughs) That is so, so inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is there any, you know, any last thing that you want to say to maybe the people out there or to wrap up just before we, um, you know, let you go? Oh, my
3: gosh. Um, Man, I wish I had like some sage wisdom or something. I really don't. I I, I almost feel like just everything that has happened in my life it it just feels like it's unfolded um as it should and so i guess like if i had to if i had to like sum up um it's just kind of that that um reminder to be patient and persistent like you have to mm. be you have to be like you do have to hustle and you you know you do have to put the work in because Um, not that it is like a plus B equals C it's, it's usually not that. Um, but you, you know, you you just have to, like, you have to just kind of keep showing up and as best as you can stay in that zone of like, again, like we said before, like this would be really cool, but it's not going to destroy me if I don't get it. I think that's kind of like, that's the place where opportunity kind of knocks, you know?
2: Yeah. Um,
3: yeah. At least that's, that's what's been true for me. And, and also just trusting that the right thing will happen at the right time and in the right place. And you mm-hmm. might not know what that is, but you can trust that it will happen um, mm-hmm. as hard as that is, you know. And if you don't have something in your life right now, it's because it's not necessary right now. And whatever is in your life right now is there because for some reason you need it right now. Um, whether you like it or not, whether it's like something that's really testing your character or not, or whether it's like a blessing. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, I don't know. That's what I've learned so far.
0: <laughs> that's amazing and perfect. And I mean, don't feel at all like you need to have like a, a one word answer. <laughs> that's not what we're here for. It sounds to me a lot like what I'm taking away from you. So I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It's like this idea of, of trust yourself. Yeah too right like um it reminds me of that saying and i'm also going to butcher it but if it's like um can you do something about it in this moment if the answer is yes then do that thing and then don't worry about it and if the answer is no then you've already done everything you can do don't worry about it right release into that and keep doing what you're doing and the next time you know an opportunity presents itself hustle 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 do those things that you can do until they're done yeah Mm. Um, And then let it
3: go. Yeah.
0: Let it go. That's really, those are the three words. Um, I'm going to get that tattooed on my
3: body. Just like, no, (laughs) Uh,
0: it's actually my tramp stamp. It is. Yeah. I've got it on my lower back. Um, (laughs) um, I'm going to watch frozen right now. So I got to go Elena. Nice. Um, But yeah, uh, I'm so sorry to, to, you know, interview and run. Um, (laughs) Quickly, you know, just thank you so much for joining us and really, you know, coming onto the show and giving it your all. I know that this was um, a super long interview, so thank you for taking the time. We are so, so, um, you know, glad and thankful for your time. And I know that all of our listeners will enjoy the hell out of this interview, so thank you. Um, I do just want to wrap up briefly with, you know... Where can the people find you? Um, I know you have a website and I know you're on a bunch of social media. Is there anywhere that you want, you know, people to go check you out if they want to hire you to be um, friendly, but also, um, you know, what did you say? It was like friendly, but instructive. Uh, oh, oh like, like when
3: they're like, yeah, like make it like conversational, but not lazy and like make it friendly, but not like forced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, you can you can find me at uh, most often I'm on Instagram um, and that is at believe, but it's spelled B-E-L-L-E-I-E-V-E. Get it? Because it's like. Belle from Beauty and the Beast, but it's like, believe, like believe in yourself. I don't know. It was something I came up with when I was like 16 and I thought it was super cool and now I'm really attached to it. So, um, so at believe on Instagram or, um, just my website, elenawist.com. Um, and yeah, I always, uh, always keep it updated with all the current goings on and and also shenanigans. So, yeah.
0: I know. And you have so many good pictures and videos and all sorts of things. <laughs> it's an awesome website. And your social media. I also, I believe in uh, Harvey Dent as well as Elena. <laughs> um, so I love your Instagram handle. Um, Marcus, where can the people find you?
1: Ugh. Where can't you find me? <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> uh, folks at home. Uh, you guys know, you can find me on an assortment of different podcasts, uh, Popcorn Prattle, uh, here Not So Famous with Mitchell Hansen. I feel like that should be the name of the show. Really. <laughs> Cause I keep saying it's like Not So Famous with Mitchell Hanson. Um, and of course, Role Initiative. Uh, but if you would like to talk to me directly, uh, you can talk to me on that Twitter, at Mark M-A-R-C underscore Leroy, L-A-R-O-Y. And yeah. I'm also on Instagram. Awesome. Same place. Yeah. Same uh, handle, right? Uh, No. It's um, Mark I think it's like Marcus Leroy. Okay. I just post nerd shirts. All right. (laughs) Look for a black guy in a nerd shirt. Right. Uh,
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, And folks at home, finally, you can find me at uh, at Gentleman on Instagram or at theoriginalmdh. Um, on Twitter and on Facebook as Mitchell Hansen as well as not so famous at not so famous pod one on Twitter or Instagram or, uh, you know, Facebook at not so famous. Stay tuned. I'll definitely be linking your website, Elena. So, um, folks at home, if you want to just find it, click uh, quick and easy. You can just go right there and, and <laughs> give it her. Come uh, say hi. You know, <laughs> little click. Yeah. Come say hi. Send her. Say, I loved you on not so famous. Um, <laughs> I'm also not so
3: famous. We're all not so famous. It's a big family.
0: You're like. I said this the before we started, but you're like the most famous casual. No, um, <laughs> no. But like also, yes. Um, <laughs> no. So this was a great pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, really appreciate it. That was great, Elena. Thank, Thank you. Thank
3: you so much for having me. I had a blast and honestly, like, didn't even notice the time going by. It's like we're just, like I said, like chilling at Starbucks, just like having some deep talks. So yeah thank yeah, you that's,
0: yeah of course that's really all I want this to be and I want it to feel like oh my god what's that meme I've seen it on Facebook that's like how you feel um, when you're listening to a podcast and it's like a guy eating cereal next to a billboard oh. of women eating cereal <laughs> and he's like laughing with them like that's what I feel like god, totally <laughs> um, and that's what I feel like today was this was awesome um, so really appreciate you doing it